Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 216, a small rover based on a Honda, on Tuesday, the 6th of November 2018. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we'll be talking about how VW does not like classes. We'll also be discussing school runs. Will you not keep it down back there? And we talk about other brands that should get the singer treatment. Maybe. I actually thought he was shouting at his children. See, I'm such a fabulous actor. He's not. <laughs> it's just you've heard me do it before. It's just, it, normally that gets cut. That's what you don't miss. Yeah. Right, quick one of follow-up. Get on with it. Dieselgate. Only bit of follow-up. And that is that German law legislation has changed. So that now allows class actions, which couldn't happen Whoa. before. So there's a, allegedly 40,000 Volkswagen owners who have registered interest in joining the lawsuit because there is a Frankfurt-based consumer group, uh, the VZBV. I have no idea what that is meant to be. No, me neither. Not and, and it's all small letters. I, I doubt I'd be able to pronounce it. But they are claiming that the EA189 diesel engines have a rapid depreciation there is limitations imposed on them by the government because of the extra emissions these engines do and they are more pollutive less efficient than they were advertised at point of sale so they are not happy and want compensation volkswagen said there's no case here yeah so be interesting because that'll be quite a lot of money if it's forty thousand anythings yeah 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 i think it's uh, I don't know. I just keep feeling that it's a bit. Uh, it, it's all very. That's a bit chancy. more. That's one. Uh, I am a bit more inclined to be on board with because they're saying that they're more pollutive and less efficient than was advertised at the point of sale. Mm-hmm. But it's still. I presume they have at some point got to go back to what test did it pass. And at the time, it's, it it passed the test. And as we keep saying, and as many people are saying now, particularly talking about the older diesels, is the tests themselves were not adequate. They were not fit for purpose to be in place for as long as they have been. They were in place. Agreed. Anyway, new news. New news, by the way, this week generally. It's worth mentioning that, that much of last week was a holiday in Europe. So people took the holiday on Thursday and then they made a little bridge by taking the holiday on the Friday. And so as a result, <laughs> nobody's done anything. <laughs> it's the usual story. So yeah, very quiet news week this week as a result. So of course there were no launches, no big announcements um, because because not everybody was around. Anyway, SMMT numbers. It's time to queue up the sign of the swinging symbol. And get down and easy uh, with discussions as the UK new car market declined by 2.9% in October year on year to 153,599 units. Hybrid plug-in registrations are up 30.7%. And of course, this is before the, the cut in the in the grants. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, because it's, I think this was something that you were discussing either last month or the month before we are still each month there is another exceptional item happening which Mm. means we can't compare them year on year from last year because something like i said exceptional has happened again with you know with this month the hybrid plugins everybody's 
massively charged into quickly register them before the fund ran out and hence the fund ran out. <laughs> so I think that's over well it's uh, clearly overinflated the how has little the drop was. <laughs> yes. Uh so I mean it's it's two point nine percent, which isn't shocking. Diesel is down 20. I'm just making sure I'm reading the correct set figures. Diesel down 21.3% year on year uh, for October. Uh, petrol down 7.1. Alternative. Uh, petrol up 7.1. Uh, alternative fuels up 30.7. Yeah, but if I think I think what would be interesting there is if you just mention roughly what those figures were, though, not just the percentages, because the 30.7 sounds very impressive, and it is. But it's it's a difference of last year it was eight thousand and this no year last year it was ten thousand yesterday it's, no no last year was eight thousand one hundred and six this time this year it's ten thousand five hundred and ninety seven so yes it is impressive but we're only talking two thousand four hundred and a bit more yeah yeah but but that's not yeah and I'm not decrying it I'm just trying to get the picture in people's minds because if you just you know it's it's always with the stats isn't it yes we can cherry pick which one There's, you can choose which one good or pick. worse there are lies damn lies and there are statistics quite private vehicles made up 45 percent of the market fleet 51.8 percent of the market which will probably become relevant in a little bit and business 3.1 percent should we do the top tens let's do the top tens so, for October, number 10, the Volkswagen Polo with 2,753. Number 9, the BMW 3 Series. It's been a while since it's been up there. Mm. 2,773. Number 8, the Nissan Qashqai, 2,799. So, and we were at like 46 vehicles between something like that. Yeah. Uh, between 10th and 8th. Ford Cougar, 2,847. Mini, only four. 350 more at 3,208. Ford Focus in at 5th, 3,200 again. But that's only just come on stream though, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a new one. Yeah. Volkswagen Tiguan in at 4th, which is wow. curious because I've started noticing them everywhere with 3,297. 3rd A-Class with 3,339. So, you know, bear in mind that between 3rd and 10th there, there's only about 500 vehicles each per month in a big crowded marketplace. Volkswagen mm. Golf, about 420-odd ahead with 3,765, and then with a hop, a skip and a jump, uh, the Ford Fiesta, of course, is number one, with 5,564. So everything's super close together. I mean, there's between 10th and 2nd, there is 1,012 yep. cars, mm-hmm. and then a jump of two, th- and then a jump of 1,800 yeah. to the to Ford Fiesta. But that October looks a lot closer to what we typically see. Yes, yes, it's far more normal. It was weird and spiky last month. Okay, there's the Tiguan in there, and there's the three series, which we haven't seen for a while. Mm. But generally, that's more of the the names we expect to see. Well, the plug-in car grant push, I can imagine, might help have helped the three series in there, or recovering after WRTP. I'm not quite sure which year to date. Do you want a quick rundown? Yeah, let's go. Super quick. fast year to date top ten. Uh, ten the Kia Kia Sportage, nine the Mercedes A Class, eight the Coogan, seven the Mini, six the Polo, fifth the Focus, fourth the Cash Guy, 
third course, a second the Golf, and almost 30,000 ahead of the Golf is, of course, the Ford Fiesta. Oh, actually, the course is not in October, is it? No, the course tends to... I, I don't know what happens once we get past 10, you see, because I think the course seems to putter away with a reasonable number, and it just sort of, by never really being a huge seller or dropping, it mm. seems to just kind of stay in there. It's, it's pretty pretty constant. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant drone. And a um, quick glance at the spreadsheet. Quick glance at the spreadsheet. There's some weirdies on the spreadsheet. There are one. some weirdies. Excluding and... MG's 303.61% rise. Oh, come on. You've got to congratulate them. No. You've got to congratulate them. <laughs> like, did they, did they 783. No, they, I have not looked. I don't think they put out a press I don't, release. I don't care enough to look. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not sure they did. So, you know, well done, MG, on that incredible percentage. See, this is what we're saying about percentages. Rubbish. <laughs> lies down, lies statistics. But there's some, some positives. You remember, the, was it just last month that everything was doom and gloom? Yes. And there seems to be more green than pink this month, really. Uh, yes. Generally, the red's quite bad. Where it's, where it's red, it's quite bad. What are some good numbers from the greens here? Because some good Jag. examples. Jaguar, 81.9% up. Land Rover, up 30%. Jeep, up 34%. Yeah. Mazda, 42%. Mitsubishi, up 99.69%. Any um, Anything to do with the fev or two? <laughs> Anything to do with the Fev, the Shogun Sport. They've they've actually introduced a lot of new stuff over the last couple of months. Yeah, the show, yeah, the Shogun Sport's new out. I've, I saw one uh, last week or the week before. I've seen one around because there's a Mitsubishi garage in, in town. Yeah, it's mm. decent looker. Uh, Renault, 27%. Subaru, 36%. Toyota, 17%. Can plug-in, I think, would have helped there, won't it? Or hybrid. hybrid no. and... uh, they've only got one plug-in in the whole range. But the hybrid side of things would help. Yes, the hybrid side of things always helps. Yeah. Uh, Volvo's a surprise, that jump of nearly 37.5%. Yeah, it's a fairly big jump, yeah. Mm. Toyota and Volvo were the big surprises for me in that lot. Yeah. The Downies, uh, what have got? They are, but I mean, I have I made a point here of only picking things that were double figures as a minimum, but, you, you know... They were... widened the usual spec, I noticed that. Basically, if you... I mean, Seat and Skoda are kind of level... Some of the other VW group stuff is way down. So Audi's down fifty two percent. Bentley real down bad one, isn't it? Bentley down fifty eight percent, which doesn't really count, although it is Volkswagen Group. Porsche's down sixty four percent because they've just got no like Bentley, they've got no models to sell. Yeah. Uh, Seat and Skoda are kind of even and up a little bit, but again Volkswagen down 065 percent in there. So if you're Volkswagen Group, you're pink. Generally speaking, pink or yeah. steady. Nissan's not good. Nissan's still again down and down twenty percent. This should have been a month they did all right. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Uh, Sangyong down twenty percent, but who's going to notice? Hyundai down nineteen percent was a bit of a shocker to me. Yeah. Uh, Ford down fourteen, Fiat down twenty, DS, DS down. Yeah, just DS is almost dive. a non-brand, which is a great shame. Mm-hmm. Chevrolet down 60 really it should have know, that's why I if it wasn't for personal was imports ridiculous. that should be off this they should really just <laughs> stop counting Chevrolet as something separate Five, uh, yeah, down to two vehicles from five it doesn't really count so that was it I mean it was pretty much pretty interesting SMMT's views of course are please stop changing things you're confusing everyone yeah which is about right, which I I agree with. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's there's there's lots of well, it's just the uncertainty for everything, isn't it? There's so many 
elements that we could focus on about uncertainty. Mm. Forgetting what your views are on the overall things, but no one can say it's certain. It is certainly uncertain, yeah. And as we've mentioned many times, when it becomes uncertain, businesses and people shut their checkbooks. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Let's move on. New news. Bit of a surprise, this one, actually. And an exclusive for Car Dealer magazine. Dum, dum, dum. Uh, Well done to them. Well, they they tweeted out, oh, we think this is the case. And the next morning, the Volkswagen Group MD, Paul Willis, called them up to confirm. Group UK. Yes, Group UK, sorry. To confirm that he is going to leave the company. The plan, his plan is for the end of the year after he's uh, helped bed in his successor. But he's received what is quoted as an unbelievable offer from another firm that isn't in the UK yet, but is a multinational. It's, yeah, I mean, obviously he's been like working out his, his, uh, and doing a a proper stand, a proper handover there. So it'll be interesting to see who it is, if it's a Chinese firm, possibly. But then, if it was, (laughs) I know, if it was. Yeah, if it was, it would be unlikely that they keep him in position. He would be off on gardening leave faster than a fast thing. So the chances are, it's not a car company. No, or he's not coming to the UK. Mm, either way, it's emptied. Still, know lots of stuff about the VW yeah, yeah. Group yeah. strategy. So unlikely. Yes, yeah, so anyway. it was a bit of a shocker that actually. Yeah, because he's, he's been eighteen years at VW. To be fair, the last several years have not been the smoothest and most relaxed i would imagine no not the last three or so so yeah so that was uh amazingly not a dieselgate volkswagen story or at least not directly anyway no speaking of fuel it does seem to be a theme tonight a police chief chief constable simon cole who's chief constable of leicestershire is saying that pay at pump should be mandatory for fuel and this has caused some Discussion and some outcry and just people saying, really? Because there are so many situations when pay at pump isn't the right thing. And it isn't, you know, it it just doesn't, it isn't possible. You know, pay at pump discourages people from going into the store uh, where many petrol stations actually make 50% of their profits, not from the fuel, but from the other stuff that they sell. Mm -hmm. I sort of understand what he's saying because he's saying... If you do the pay at the pump, and and you and you pay before you get your fuel, then well, you've, lo- you've lodged a payment method anyway. Yeah, then that will reduce the number of people who just drive off after mm-hmm. filling, and that's something in the region of twenty five thousand of these events happen a year. Yeah. So it's quite a problem for the petrol station industry that you know twenty five thousand people or twenty five thousand transactions are in the negative as far as they're mm. concerned no matter how little or big they are but some of the some of the discussion about how people didn't think this was a good idea because we do like a knee jerk reaction is that some people are saying well hang on your are you suggesting or are you trying to get the petrol companies to pay more for can i give an opposite view yeah whilst you're thinking that one out well because uh, if you've got trucks and stuff, as it is, you normally have to go in and leave the card, the payment card, in... You know, you come along and say, I'm going I'm at pump number three, I'm going to need fuel. Uh, and you leave the payment card in with the cashier inside. Because it, at the pump, it only takes up to £99, doesn't it? Yeah, which 
if you're filling up a lorry, creaming through that, that that ain't that ain't gonna happen. I mean, you can you can run out ninety nine pounds. You can run out with a. Speaking to my mate the other day, he's got a quite an elderly an elderly V six petrol uh, shogun. Hundred and seven pounds he was, and he reckoned it wasn't. And there was still a good ten liters in the bottom of the in, in the bottom of the tank when he went to fill it up. So, you know, it it doesn't just take that. It doesn't take a full truck for that to be the case. So, you know, in those those situations, people have to go in. They have to leave their cards in the U.S. for years. Sometimes you've had to go in and declare how much fuel you need, which is just unbelievable to me. Because how you know leave cash. Not one of your foreign credit cards here. But I actually leave cash with them. And that that's a nightmare. That we absolutely shouldn't be doing. Yeah, but they still don't do chip and pin over there for the vast majority of the country. Oh, gee yeah, yeah. Just a disaster. <laughs> American banking is a, is a mess. There's lots of reasons. I can understand why you would suggest this. I don't but are they, actually are they, is think the, it's a good is, idea. For, the, for, for, the, for, for stopping people driving off without paying for fuel, yes, that's right. It's a good idea, but actually, when you look at it in the context of the of an ecosystem and people even you know paying cash because some people do that because you work in cash businesses or or whatever and you need mm-hmm. to then pay you know you you end up being paid in cash so you go along you fill up your van you get a couple of cans of petrol for cement mixers for lawnmowers whatever and and you've got cash that's what yeah. you have and that's what you use. Because it's cheaper than trying to put it into the bank, or there are no blooming banks to put it into anymore. Yeah. So you know, from that point of view, I, I you but know, it, I see but also, those issues too. I, I, one of the arguments was it's of what I was going to say before. Sorry, is that it's um, no, 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 because it was completely valid what you were saying there, and that's part of the the point of this was to discuss this a bit fuller than you know, because as you, I think, as you were just pointing out there, hasn't really been thought all the way through. They're looking at an isolated issue mm-hmm. and not. Even in a very closed environment, not even looking at slightly, you know, two or three more contributing factors. It's just, this is your thing, that's it. And that's not relevant. Because, you know, is it actually pushing an industry to pay for crime prevention when perhaps that outweighs the cost? Well, there is an interesting one here. Of what the crime is. So it's, it's, it says as many as, which means that this is an upper number, mm. 25,000 people every year fill up with fuel and don't pay. How many people in total fill up with fuel? Yeah. I mean, what's the I mean, that, what's, what's, is 25,000 actually a big number or is it a very small number? Now, I know that I've filled up with fuel four times in the last five days or something ridiculous. So I know I've paid every single time. Uh, mostly because I filled up at the uh, at the pump, actually. But yeah, it's you know twenty five thousand is not actually that big a number. No, it pro- it, it won't be because as you pointed out there, you paid at the pump because you're getting on to somewhere. You yeah. you want to get this done as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's when I try and use the pay in the pump is to do it as quickly as possible, or I don't have a voucher to get pence off per liter or whatever if I happen to have any of those. So. Obviously needs to be looked at, but how important is it in the grand scheme of things? I question, because as you say, twenty five thousand as a as a maximum. Mm-hmm. 
It's not really that many, is it? I know it sounds like lots. It's gonna be. It's gonna be how many million, isn't it? How many million fill-ups happen a year, or how many million transactions at a pump in I, this country happen? You know what? I'm so sad. I could probably actually tell you how many times I have actually filled up this year, um, but I don't have my phone up here. But it, it's well, it's into the tens. Well, it must at least be once a week, yeah, at least. Uh, so is mine, yeah, yeah. So plus other stuff. So yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. I think it needs some more context around it as a as an idea to work out whether it works better or not. I think of all the motoring issues to do with the law, that's perhaps well not at the pointy end of things. No. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the law not being at the pointy end, though, the co-op insurance did some research asking parents about their knowledge about child car seats. Because there's been changes in the last year or two, and this, the wording on the changes has not, as a parent, has not been the clearest. Is a combination of weight, combination of height, age, all these things being put in together. Which, when you look at the issue of trying to keep a smaller person safe in a separate seat, they all contribute. So just because someone's uh, 135 centimetres doesn't mean they're heavy enough, uh, nor possibly old enough. Although when you get up towards the upper end, it is whichever one happens first. So mm-hmm. it isn't as simple as possible, but how it's been, the information is given to us has, I think, helped muddy the waters. So I was, so my, my sister is expecting, um, that should come as no it's no surprise to anyone who's met her recently. It's like a tennis ball and a sock. Oh god. But she she, no. Um uh, right, safe. You'll live. Yeah. Uh so uh no, I've said it in front of her a number of times and she's only hit me two or three times. So she was discussing stuff with another colleague who is who has a oh gosh, she must be just over one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sprog. And they were discussing car seats, because James was asking advice. And it's terrifyingly complicated. The whole thing just seems... And massively expensive. And that's the flip. The second part is massively expensive. It's complex, it's expensive, and it requires multiple levels of things. And Because yep. you, you can get ones which can transform, like, robots in disguise. And they can be used across multiple ages but whether they cross one or two or two and three and yep. or one to three and what's the best one to try and fit in your type of vehicle mm-hmm. i mean there they another were trying com- they were trying to, and what issue. would what would fit and what would fit in as many as possible and it doesn't matter so much because both my sister and my brother-in-law have mazda so at least it's the same kind of you know it's the same the seats are the same kind of size and shape yep. and it, it's the whole thing it just seems I mean, I deal with complex issues as part of my job, but this... I'd I'd love to see the diagram that somebody has drawn for this to work it out. If there's a flowchart, a decision flowchart, 
It's not a simple thing. It's a nightmare. It's not. So it's it's totally understandable that four out of five parents, when they were surveyed, said that the information about the car seats needs to be made more accessible and widely available. And in in, in plain English, profitably, but, I would I mean, imagine. I mean, the trouble with half of this is we, we said it's such an expensive thing, right? Oh, it is. And it's not just that, but you're trying to then guess at your child, your unborn child's growth rate. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, because that, that's something that your sister's going to have to uh, think well, yeah. about is, are they going to have a dedicated child seat or are they going to have a child seat that goes and fits on a pram? And then what happens when... This, da, 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 da. I zoned out at this point. All the way through having children is just a fantastic way to empty your wallet. <laughs> that is what it is. Can you explain why you've done it as many times as you have? Because I'm stupid. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Sorry. It's the only possible solution, yeah. <laughs> it is so tricky all the way through. It really, really is. And I don't envy any parents having to go through, particularly the smaller sizes of children. Mm. <laughs> the, the the toddler going into... Because they kids really hate facing backwards. And this now looking to face backwards for even longer and there's recommendations that even as they're much older they are to face backwards and that doesn't go well with the whole travel sickness and things as well so no. this is this is i mean i know we've gone on a little bit here yeah we've gone on longer than we're expecting but yeah but i think it's useful but this is this is just not a a, a simple easy thing that parents are going through now it's no longer all oh, right here's a booster seat sit on that and shut up I'll put the seatbelt across you. No, it is. We're not doing that because we've learned that doesn't work. (laughs) That's, I mean, that, and that's what it was when I was a sprog. To be honest, booster seats were a new idea when I was little. But so so slightly in this vein, though. Yes. Because I I just happened to come across this, but in a a bit of research by More Than Car Insurance, I think this is the this week's bleeding obvious. Mm. Apparently, parents find it really quite stressful on the on the school run if they're driving. No kidding. There are many factors for this, but obviously children in the back not being happy, not behaving, and all the rest of it. I, I would suggest that it's not quite as simple as has been made out in this report on motoring research, which you can click through on the link, uh, article written by Ethan Jupp, because I think anyone will testify the early morning driving standards generally are shocking from everyone because everyone is suddenly going, I've got to get somewhere. (gasps) And I think that is just amplified if you happen to have passengers that are distracting you in some way or another. Mm -hmm. So there's the, yeah. So there was just a, as we were talking about parents, there's just another little bit in here. Yeah. It's just talking about how um, one in 10 parents have said they've had a bump with another car because of the stress. Well, to be honest, I've had a bump in a car because of the stress caused by my parents making all the noise. It's passengers. They're the worst. Just drive on your it's own. It's passengers. Absolutely. So it's not shared mobility at all. No. Well, it it's was my awful. dad's car I bumped, so it was... It was <laughs> <laughs> so it was shared mobility. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can click through on that and have a look at the, those two articles, both of them from Motion Research, about mm-hmm. if you're a parent and how just incredibly grim it is. In the interest of live feedback from patrons before we move into guilt minute, uh, 46 billion litres of fuel are bought each year in the UK, I'm told. So 25,000 people is really not that. Well, it's not even 25,000 people, it's 25,000 transactions, isn't it? Yeah, 
exactly with really nothing so yes quite agree thank you thank you very much for that thank you yes. we have um, very smart patrons we do and they're good looking too all of them okay so it's that point in the show I'm just moving on there's just nothing else I can say there to remind you where uh, to remind you to take a, a second or two to, to, to think what a motoring podcast is worth to you if you feel that our weekly news show and our special editions and review are all worth a tiny amount of your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button uh, right there on the front page. If you are already a patron and can be doing exciting things, such as watching us record this live, because telly must be really awful tonight, and thankfully... Stop. We've talked about this before. Stop selling it so well. Yes, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> hey, come on. It's still better than X Factor. Um, then, yes, if you're already a patron, then thank you. Uh, you are truly awesome. Um, we understand that not everyone has the ability to do this. Please don't forget to like, rate, leave feedback via the podcast playing platform of your choice. And if you haven't uh, subscribed and you don't subscribe using a podcast playing platform, um, then we can definitely recommend it. It is a good way to get all our shows coming straight into your device. Uh, if you do need advice, uh, if you want help, then get in touch. All the contact details are, will be at the end of the show. Oh, and we have car stickers too. Yes. If you are a small sort of, hey, I've got an extra £2.50, I'm going to order a car sticker, and that price includes postage, because we're lovely. Then... Um, then, yes, you can do that, too, if you go to motoringpodcast.com slash sweet merch. Or just go to motoringpodcast.com and click on the shop page, or I think it's shop page um, uh, tab at the top of the page, and that would be uh, just cracking. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Motorsport. But there's not much, because everybody's on holiday. Yeah, well, there's a little bit of news. There is. Um, there is. Well, there could potentially be no more Nickers motorsport. Nickers have been actually. twisted, certainly, over this item. This has been going on for a while. And 2016 is the first real yeah. grumblings I saw of it en masse. Yes. So they there are going to be some changes to regulations across the EU regarding third-party insurance for vehicles on private land. And this all comes down to a Romanian farmer... Let me just check. Oh, Slovenian farm worker uh, knocked off a ladder by a tractor driven on private land, uh, and it didn't have appropriate third-party insurance. So basically, any vehicle on any terrain are going to have to have compulsory third-party insurance to cover for any liability within their normal function. Of course, if you own a race car, then the normal function is going racing. And the trouble here is that it is not seem likely that any insurance company will uh, cover all the vehicles on the track for all the potential third-party levels of insurance uh, which are required. So what happens now? Do people have to take out insurance for themselves? personally, that I may get injured racing? Uh, possibly. I, I don't we actually maybe know. ask that question at the weekend? I think that would be a good question to ask at the weekend, yes. And we'll follow up next week. Other than I presume that's how it happens. Yeah, well, you, you do. You, well, you'll insure your... To an extent, you'll insure your car, I guess, and you'll insure yourself. Because mm. it'll come under your life insurance. Do you do any dangerous sports? Like motorsport no. does tend to no. come up. Not at all. 
Yeah. Just mow yeah. the lawn casually. You're probably more likely to die mowing the lawn than you are motor racing. Or more people each year will die mowing the lawn than going motor racing. But of course, far more people mow the lawn. So we're back into the lies, damn lies and statistics world again, <laughs> aren't we? There's an article here from Evo and the way it's written is generally saying, yeah, but it's never going to happen because people will well, see sense. However, it's been chunnering on for two years, nearly three years now. Yeah, but this is unlikely legislation will be enforced with such a heavy hand on the sport or a fond of, which is fine, but it's got to be... The people who run all these series will have to be seen to be, um, as if by magic... Um, we've got live feedback again. Yes, we've got live feedback. There, uh, which I was distracted because my watch told me I had like, we had live feedback. See, this is what people miss out I'm on. now completely tongue-tied. Uh, what you were going to say we'll is need, that the people who run... Crop, I'm, I'm guessing stuff. you were going to say the people that run the different series have to be seen to be enforcing this properly. Yeah, they can't... Otherwise, not. they'll be done for dereliction of duty or mm-hmm. due care and attention, something like that. There is a difference of opinion that's come in, um, which the French version talks about vehicles in circulation, meaning traffic, which isn't the same as the, as, as the English language version. So... So it's it's being commented here. The feedback we're getting is that we'll probably get no support from French and stuff because of the wording. The wording in the English translation is slightly and some it seems is slightly and somewhat different from uh, from other translations. We will see if we can delve further into that between now and the next time we record, and uh, and come back with more on this. I think I don't think it's going to disappear. It, it does keep bubbling along. Um, and I think it is quite. quite it's getting closer to the. This will be made legislation time now. Yeah. As well, so they do need to clear up the wording. Yes, but they probably don't care that much about the English wording right at the minute. But that's a different matter. No, that's true. Shall we talk about list of the week, Andrew? Yes, list of the week, which almost could have been lunchtime read as well, because this is. A list and an opinion piece, all wrapped up into one. Shall we make it the lunchtime read as well, given that we have no other lunchtime read because we couldn't really find anything that we thought was interesting enough and relevant enough? Yeah, well, it's from Gavin Breathwaite-Smith, and it's been a while, so we might it's as well... always interesting and relevant if it's from Gav. Yep, he might he might as well hold the two two slots this, this week. Thanks, Gavin, for propping up both of them. Uh, <laughs> but this is talking about taking the singer ethos which is restored, reimagined, reborn, and perhaps sprinkling that fairy dust onto some other vehicles. And he puts forward some interesting, not that I agree with all of them, but some interesting vehicles for it. Uh, it starts with the Saab 99 Turbo. Well, that's a really obvious one for this. I mean, don't forget that there's... I've now had a mental blank as to the name. It's a place that does the FJ Cruisers and stuff in California as well. Does Icon. The same singer. Icon, thank you. And Broncos and stuff they did. Yeah, yeah. And they really look cool. amazing. Yeah. So, so, so flicking through this, can you imagine an Icon version of the Matra Rancher? Yes. So yes, can I, can. actually... Be awesome. I, th- I think oh, I still I still look at those now and think that's a viable car now. Mm. Someone to remake that now with a decent modern engine and the, the actual you know yeah. a non a non rustable panels. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I agree. it really is. I mean, it is. You know, it's a slightly raised up vehicle, isn't it? You know, that which is quite fashionable at the minute. The, and the one, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a, it's like a. 
Peugeot Rifter, mm. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was Still also reminded of the uh, what was the the Roomster. Yes, the, just the I kink like the in the roof and the the the, the, the higher. The higher glass in the back, as opposed to the front windows and stuff like that. I, I just mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. You know, when when there was differentiation between the brands. You know, and I don't think Gavin had to stretch too much thinking of the Lancia Fulva HF. Really? No, 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 no. And I'm, isn't there not people who do something along those lines? I thought so. Mm-hmm. There is a company that does it with um, the Alpha GTA. Ah, okay. Perhaps I'm thinking that of similar vintage. Uh, it's Alphaholics, I think. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably thinking along those lines. But there's a couple of slightly left field choices here the Mazda Yunus Cosmo. Yeah. Uh, and the Gordon Keeble K- GK1, even if I could speak. What's the coolest thing about the Gordon Keeble? You tell me. Coolest thing is the badge, which has a little turtle on it. Okay. There you go. That's what the, so that's what the logo is for Gordon Keeble. It's a little turtle thing. It's very cool. It's very cute. <laughs> Should we move on? Yeah, but Gavin makes um, he, he makes fair arguments for each of them. Uh, I don't he agree does. with all of them, but uh, as ever, it's always interesting to read when Gavin writes something like this. Mm-hmm. Right, as uh, you are legally obliged to talk about this nation's cars, we've expanded your remit now. I think you need to do the and finally. Yes, sadly, rather awkward to get to from here is the uh, Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles, California. Uh, and they have an exhibition on at the minute called The Roots of Monozukuri, Creative Spirit in Japanese Automaking. I've just realized why I was tagged to give this, to talk about this one. And it's Japanese automotive design leading up to the 1970s. Toyota 2000 GT, Honda N600, uh, early Cosmos, uh, Toyota Sport 600, these kind of things. And it's talking about that. And there's a really nice article going into to some of these. I had to toy one of those Dome Zeros. And uh, Japanese auto design, that's quite funny. There's a Nissan R390, which, of course, was designed by Ian Callum. And, and stuff in here. Do go have a click through. It's a really nice slideshow. There's 30-odd slides, so um, so there's plenty of clicking. Uh, and there's some just some of the cutest, cool, pretty stuff, which just... Oh, that RX3. That oh, the RX3. That's just fabulous. <laughs> that is just so much, so much awesome stuff has come out of Japan over the years. like Stuff like the Mazda 360 Coupe, which is... You can just see where actually the inspiration from here has been used uh, in things like uh, the Invincible, uh, the Incredibles, mm. um, and, and that that's the 360 Coupe. Some of these tiny little, tiny little cars like that, just so pretty, so beautiful. I've seen a Subaru 360 in real life. Mm. TV's Paul Cowland has one. Yes, yes, that's the original. That's the that's the sort of original, not the sort of little fancier version. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's like a cross. It's like a, uh, it's like a Beetle and a Fiat Five Hundred. Yeah, you know, met down an alleyway mm. and, and and did did their thing, and uh, it's it's the cutest little thing. They they had them on the, uh, they were celebrating an anniversary at Geneva, quite a few years ago now, when they were first showing off their diesel boxer engines, and they had a three they had the three sixty. Uh, on there, and then they also had a little little display which had lots of little motorized 360s going around. 
I, I might have a picture somewhere. I think we need a picture of TV's Paul Cowland sat in his... He's, it's, I don't know. How does he fit? Well, that's what I think the baying public want to know, all his fans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that many, huh? Uh, so, no. Anyway, go have a look. Really yeah, good. this is great um, to look through. It's great stuff. Um, and there's and it's uh, yeah, it's this. I'm only at 28, and I've been clicking quite quickly. And there's so much cool stuff in here that I maybe want to know more about. Uh, from all the ages, right? Anyway, stop looking at that, Alan. Stop getting distracted. So that brings us to the end because that was the end. Finally, a couple of parish notes this week. Review was out last week. Yes, the very interesting Ali Tack, esports mm-hmm. commentator, streamer, and uh, racing driver. So cool. That was really good fun. That uh, he was he was great laugh. Hmm. I haven't actually listened yet. Well, you better before Friday. Yeah, I know. Uh, so one, maybe two special editions this week. Uh, yep. We've got some stuff because one of them we want to bring out uh, before next weekend, which is the uh, Mission Motorsports Race of Remembrance, and we'll both be there. We will. Yes. That doesn't mean that this impending end to Anglesey as an island it's not going to fall into the sea be swallowed by monsters it has been some months since we're both in the same place at the same time many months many months for six months actually uh so yeah so we're really looking forward to that that should be yes. good so a little reminder about what it's all about uh come out beforehand because it is very much yep. a remembrance service with a race or around about it so yep. uh, so yes I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a great fun so don't forget, everyone, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Play. Uh, don't forget about a Patreon offer. Don't forget about the, the stickers available at motoringpodcast.com. And please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however... Your podcast app lets you do such a thing. As I say, every single week, it really does matter. Um, Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me would be via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll be able to find me there. And Alan, if people want to find a new and interesting ways in which to disturb you while you're in the middle of other things, what's the best way for them to do that with you? Uh, I have now completely lost my place with absolutely everything. Can't remember what I normally say at this point, but normally it's Twitter, uh, where I'm at AJP Bradley. We'll be right. <laughs> so smooth. We're only 216 uh, episodes into this. You'd think we'd done this before. We don't normally have. Yes. Uh, we'll be right. He needs to switch off notifications next week. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. We'll be back next week. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.